0: Welcome to another exciting word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Well, are you all ready for the word this morning? All right, turn and tell somebody it's going to be good. All right, are you ready at home for the Word of God? Listen, today's Word is designed to change your life forever. Wow, and I believe we can do that. The title of today's message is Right on Time. Oh, you know, there are some things that we wonder. You know, are they happening uh, as quick as we need them to happen? But let me tell you something. We're going to learn today a couple of foundational principles, some eternal truths two of the foundational stones we can put in our life. And uh, we'll put it under the title of Right on Time. When I see something in the Word of God that is repetitive, when I see something happening over and over and over again, I take note of it. Because I believe that God is trying to teach us something, show us something about life. You know, we are not of this world, but we are in this world. And unfortunately, the Bible says the children of this world are wiser in this world than the children of light. Do you know that the children of this world can do things that we can't do? They can try things we can't try. If we want to please Jesus, we can't do everything that the children of this world do. But we can observe what they do, and sometimes we realize that what they do is working. Or at least maybe they'll try it over and over and over until it does work. And uh, you know, one of those things that I have observed in the Word of God is just how committed the devil is to getting something done that he wants done. But we'll learn a truth about that in just a moment. One of the things that I see that was a repetitive reoccurrence in the Word of God is that uh, people keep, you know, kept on trying to kill Jesus. You ever notice that? I mean really trying to kill Him. Uh, Herod the Great tried to kill Jesus in Bethlehem. You remember? Herod the Great, you can, you know, you can read about it in, in, in Matthew, the second chapter. But specifically in verse 16, the Bible says that when Herod found out that the wise men did not come back and tell him where this new king, of the Jews, had been born, he got all upset and he sent uh, you know, uh, this, this, this army down to Bethlehem and killed every male child, two years old and younger. What was he trying to do? He was trying to kill Jesus. Well, it didn't work. Later on, the members of the synagogue tried to kill Jesus in Nazareth. Now, Jesus had been raised in church in Nazareth. It was the church he was in. He learned how to read in. Many of you have been with me to Nazareth. Many of you have, have been down to that little place that was the church on the foundation of the church in that day in the center of the marketplace. And it was it, it was there that Jesus preached his first sermon in Luke chapter 4. And when he got finished preaching, the, the members of the church got so angry uh, that that the Bible says they rose up and they thrust him out of the city. They took him down to the brow of the hill on which the city was built and they had plans on throwing him off the cliff. Now that's what you did. You threw people off of a high place and when they hit the ground you threw stones at them. That's the way that they executed people. That's what they were going to do to Jesus. But verse 30 says, then passing through the midst of them he went his way. You know, God delivered Jesus from Bethlehem by sending an angel to Joseph and saying, get this boy out of town. Herod's going to try to kill him. So he takes him down to Egypt. Here, Jesus is a man, he's 30 years old, and he preaches his first message, and all the members of the church decide they want to kill him. Now, that's a pretty bad preaching right there. You know, I think I might have been roasted at a lunch or two every now and then, but nobody actually in church has decided, especially the whole church, decided, y'all going to take me out somewhere and throw me off a cliff because I'm that bad of a preacher. But they did him. And the Bible says, passing through the midst of them. Now, they intended to throw him off the cliff. Wow. And then later on, the Pharisees tried to kill Jesus in the temple. Uh, In John the 8th chapter, Jesus is probably about 31, 32 years old. Uh, Then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, so he passed by. I don't know exactly how he hid himself, but there was a multitude, if you read the story, and they were all gathered around, and they were angry at him, and they picked up stones, and they were literally going to have a public stoning, an execution, and Jesus sidestepped it somehow, and just walked through the midst, and went on, and he went out, and left, and went to another place, and he was careful from then on, the Bible says, about where he walked, and his who he exposed himself to but then the jews tried to kill jesus at the feast of dedication in john the 10th chapter the bible says they took up stones again and jesus said now hold on a second i've been doing good works i've been healing people i've been helping for which one of these good works are you wanting to stone me <laughs> and uh, uh, they were set on stoning him they said listen we're going to stone you because you claim to be the son of god verse 39 says in john 10 therefore they sought again to seize him but he escaped out of their hand now you may not have thought about jesus having to escape being killed time after time after time after time i'm talking about people wanting to do him bad I'm talking about people literally wanting to stone him to death, throw him off a cliff. I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, Herod, no doubt, would have killed him with a sword. But here Jesus continued to escape. You see, so many people, all inspired by the devil, but so many people tried to kill Jesus so many times. And guess what? They finally succeeded. Oh, that was supposed to be a little, you know, shocker right there. They finally succeeded. I mean, finally a bunch of people got him and arrested him and accused him and judged him and sentenced him and crucified him. And he died, but not before God's time not before the right time. There are two eternal truths that I want to share this morning that are meant to be foundation stones in our lives. And what I want to share first of all, the first truth that's designed to change our lives that should be something we stand upon we should be able in life to stand upon some very uh, uh, strong rocks some foundation stones in our life and one of the foundation stones we need to stand on and to realize is it's not people it's the devil You see, because when they finally succeeded in crucifying Jesus, while he is up there on the cross, he cries out and says, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Do you know we run into people every day? Good people, well-meaning people, not bad people, not evil people, who are doing evil things, who are hurting us, perhaps persecuting us, perhaps saying bad things, may even want to kill us. A lot of people who just simply don't know what they're doing. People. It's not people. It's the devil. How do we know? well it's because Ephesians the sixth chapter and verse 12 tells us for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood now I'm not saying everybody's nice and everybody's kind there are some evil and wicked people in this world and I know two or three of you have met some of those people okay and 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 I hope that you don't in your future but the perspective that God told us to have is to realize that us fighting against people Is not our strongest suit it's not our best suit it's not our greatest advantage for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and against rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places that's why the Bible tells us in first Peter in the fifth chapter in verse 8 that we need to be sober we need to be vigilant because our adversary the devil the devil is the one if we can stop the devil then we can often stop the evil in its tracks. Our adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, he walks about, he's seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, the Bible says. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Faith is something that we have, that we hold on to. Faith is a consciousness in our life. Faith is something that, 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 that we hold on to. It's what we believe. Resist him steadfast because there's something you're holding on to in your life. There's something bigger than the problem you're facing. There's something more powerful than the situation you're in. There's something you're needing to hold on to so that you can resist him steadfast in the faith. And also realizing that the same thing are going on, similar things, similar sufferings are going on and being experienced by your brotherhood who are in the world. Listen, everybody's going through something. What makes your problem big? It's your problem. If you took your problem and someone else's problem on a world scale, yours might be bigger than theirs or theirs might be bigger than yours. But what makes your problem big is that it's your problem. And when you have a problem, it's a big problem, and you want your problem fixed. And when you're facing a problem, we need to realize that if it is if it is coming to us to kill and steal and destroy, if it is coming to us to rob us and and of joy and peace and life and the goodness of God, then it is motivated, inspired by the devil. And if we can aim at the devil, let me tell you, if you're if if your worst enemies get born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, guess what? They're going to stop being your enemies. But as long as the devil blinds them and as long as as, as sin and corruption has its free course in their lives and as long as they live deceived, they're going to have the potential to rob you of joy and peace and goodness and hope. Love and all of the things that God would love for us to have in our lives. 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. They are not carnal. Oh, we want them. You know, I have some carnal weapons in my life. You know, we all do. We all have that flesh on the inside of us that wants to jump back, slap me, I slap you back you know slap me I'll slap you back twice (laughs) you know I mean uh uh, and I'm not I'm not suggesting that we be without defense in life I'm not suggesting that 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 we don't move ourselves like Jesus did out of harm's way you know Jesus said I could call 10,000 angels and I have a feeling he wanted to a time or two you know but it wasn't the right time that to happen and so it when when it became the right time he just said okay god your will not my will you see our weapons are not carnal but they are mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds where are these weapons aimed at these weapons are aimed at us our weapons our spiritual weapons are aimed at the strongholds in our minds what we think what we feel what we want You see, because we think what we think, we feel what we feel, and we want what we want because we believe what we believe. And if we're not watchful, we can get into the place where we believe that God is not doing it quick enough, He's not doing it mean enough, He's not doing it strong enough, He's not doing it right enough, He needs to do it now, right now, right now. Why didn't He do it? What's wrong with Him? I'll take care of it myself. The strongholds are what we think and what we feel and what we want. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. To the pulling down these strongholds as we cast down the arguments that we're making in our own minds. And we're, 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 we're bringing uh, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We're bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I'm making my mind line up with what God says. What did God say? Love your enemies. Oh, my goodness. Pray for those who who persecute you, who despitefully use you. Ooh, that's that's a spiritual thing. I don't know that I'm that spiritual. Okay? It's pretty easy to hate your enemies. That's what our carnal nature is like. That's what our human nature says. Our human nature says, do not feed your enemies. My spiritual nature says, if your enemies hunger, feed them. I wasn't cut out that way I was born a flesh man and I lived a lot of my life kind of enjoying not getting pushed around by things and taking care of things myself you know and if I didn't like somebody didn't love somebody if I wanted something bad to happen to them I didn't feel bad about it at all if I wanted something to stop wanted to stop right now I would do what I could to make it happen with my carnal weapons that's the way most people live But that's not the way that God expects His born-again children. He expects us to overcome that carnal nature. In a little bit, I'll tell you how to do it. But I don't want to leave you in a lurch here. Because I realize that God would not have said this much about it if it had not been this important. That we need to realize that, that, that our minds what we think what we feel what we want if we're not watchful uh we can we can talk ourselves into just being carnal like everybody else but we need to realize the devil cannot do anything unless he can find at least one person to work with him you know that's why we're supposed to pray for our enemies uh and and most people most most of the people that do us wrong most of them are okay they're just deceived they think they're doing us right The Bible says that the day will come, the time will come, when people who kill you would think they're doing God a service. You know, some people are really that deceived. There are some people that are so deceived uh, that they have no idea they're being used by the devil. And yet there are other people that know exactly what they're doing and they know they're wrong and yet they want to keep it up. But still in the end, the Bible tells us it's not people. It's not flesh and blood. And we can't fix it with a carnal weapon. It's the devil. And we're called to resist the roar of the lion in our minds and rather to hold on steadfast in faith to what God has said. Well, there's one foundation. The foundation and the fact and the truth that our greatest trouble is not people. It's the devil. It's just manifesting through people working with the devil. And the only way we can change that Is by our spiritual weapons you can't get somebody in a headlock and make them get saved okay I've tried it don't work okay (laughs) I tried to get my wife saved I tell you what we needed counseling because every time I'd get her in a headlock she'd bite me right here I told her you you're not supposed to be okay (laughs) all right number two Nothing happens before it's time. That's a foundation we need to stand on to realize that nothing happens before it's time. There is a time for everything. You see, God who ordered the universe, God who, who established the galaxies, who, 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 who brought the world into existence. Almighty God has a time and a purpose for everything. In fact, you could pull out your phones and you could tell me what time the sun is going to rise tomorrow. What time it's going to set. Time. Do you know the word time is mentioned 700 times in the authorized King James Version of the Bible? Time. Time. The first five times, the word time is mentioned. It talks about an appointed time, a set time, the right time. You know, know, it is the time, the time of life. There are times. In fact, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. You know, when Joshua led the children of Israel around Jericho... Do you know there was a time that the wall was going to come down? There was a time. It was a set time. It was God's time. It wasn't Joshua's time. It was nobody else's time and all they could do is follow Joshua around and around and around. I imagine some of them said is it going to fall down this time? And Joshua probably said don't know. I don't know. I just got to keep walking. We got to keep walking until it falls down. And they walked around seven days and then on the seventh day it didn't fall on the fifth time. didn't fall on the sixth time. There was a time it was going to fall and everybody was there when Whenever they got there, it fell in its right time. God has a time for everything. Galatians four four says that in the fullness of time, God sent His Son. God didn't just didn't just happen. Whenever Joseph uh, uh, decided that he was going to, you know. Uh, 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 ask mary to marry him okay now i got everything set up now i'll send the angel to mary no it didn't happen whenever mary just decided it happened in god's time in the fullness of time romans 5 6 says that in due time christ died for the ungodly it it was on a certain day at a certain time a certain year a certain hour you know a certain minute Romans 13:11 says it is high time that we awake out of our sleep 1 Corinthians 4, 5 says uh, do not judge anything before the time. There is a time already set aside for things to be judged. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 declares that now is the accepted time. This is the only thing that may not have exactly a right time, that it's always the right time. It is an accepted time. Now is the time of salvation. Today, now, he said, it's always time to get saved. Now is the accepted time. 2 Timothy 4, 6, Paul says, My departure, the time of my departure, is at hand. You know, earlier he said, I'd like to go, but it's not time. And now he's telling Timothy, it's time, the time of my departure. There was a time. There was a set time for everything. In Revelation, the 14th chapter, verse 15, the Bible says that that one day the voice from heaven will tell the angel, Thrust in your sickle. For, the, for it's time, the harvest of the earth is ripe. It is time, the time has come to harvest the earth. It's a time. There's a set time. There is a moment. Uh, God created the universe. God set everything in order. And there is a time. In fact, nothing happens without God's notice or before God's time. You can do everything. You know, you can do, you can You can do everything right, but until God gets ready and it's His time, it's not going to happen. That's the way it works. And we can remove a lot of frustration, aggravation, irritation, and fussing and fighting in our life if we will accept God's timing. If we will understand that God has a time, it's our part to pray. It's our part to not be carnal. It's our part to not take revenge. It's our part to to, to realize that it's the devil that's trying to destroy and steal and kill. It's the devil that's trying to take things away and rob and divide. And if we will do what God has called us to do and wait on him, he has a time and he will do it. Of course, I wish he'd hurry. Everybody does. Can you imagine how much flack Joshua caught because we got to walk around that thing again today? How many times? Well, nothing happens without God's notice or before God's time. And believe me when I tell you that God is watching. God is watching over you. He's watching over every second of your life he knows and is easily touched with the feelings of your infirmities he's not going to fail you he's not going to forsake you almighty God is not going to leave you out of the equation we must trust God and that's what it comes down to is that we resist the devil's temptation to to run Because of his roar, we resist the devil's temptation to believe his narrative. We resist the devil's temptation to to take vengeance because God's not moving as quick as we want him to move. God's not doing what we want him to do when we want him to do it. We must resist the devil steadfast in the faith because we believe something. What do we believe? We believe God. Therefore, we have to cast down our imaginations. We have to bring our thoughts into captivity to Christ. So that we can pull down the strongholds and resist the devil from causing us to take matters into our own hands. There are things in life that you just cannot control. A few times in life, I have wanted to quit. Have you ever wanted to quit? Every one of you probably have. Just wanted to quit. I've wanted to quit a few times. But then whenever I actually look at the situation, what is it that I would quit? I mean, who do you turn in your resignation to for life? Right. What am I going to do? I don't know. What, what does that mean? Do I stop eating? Do I stop going to the bathroom? <laughs> what do you quit? Who, you know? It's the devil that would want to bring us to the point to where we thought that God didn't care or God wouldn't move or we've been doing this so long he must have forgotten but that's not the truth these two foundation stones are critical number one we must remember that it is the devil it's not people because if we start fighting against people you know we might we might move some people But we aren't going to change the world. It's not people, it's the devil. Number two, there is a right time. And nothing happens without God's notice or before God's time. So what do we do with these two things in mind? Do we just sit back and let things happen? What in the world are we called to do? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because Jesus didn't leave us right there. If you'll look in the book of Acts, the first chapter, let me tell you what's going on here as we bring a conclusion to what we can do in the midst of a moment whenever things aren't happening the way we want them to happen, when we want them to happen. The, you know Right now, whenever we need something to change, we feel as though that we might be drowning. We feel as though that we might be losing. We feel as though that we might be in, in in jeopardy of even losing our own lives what in the world do we do in the interim period before God decides its time well there was a moment whenever Jesus had been resurrected and he had spent time with his disciples and he's ready now to to ascend into the heavens and he's ready now to go and sit down on his throne and, and superintend uh, what is going on on earth. And the disciples meet with him up on uh, the Mount of Olives. And, and uh, the disciples have a question. And they're asking him. This is, th- th- this is recorded as, as, as basically the last instructions that, that Jesus is giving. And in Acts, the, the first chapter in verse 6, uh, Therefore, the disciples said, when they had come together they ask jesus saying lord will you at this time restore the kingdom to israel will you at this time it, it, it's time jesus <laughs> okay you know you were crucified and we've been listening to you for a long time now but you know we're still in jeopardy of being arrested for believing you're messiah We're still in jeopardy. Uh, We could get crucified. You don't understand. Life is dangerous for us, and we need you. Are you at this time going to put down the Roman rule and put down the religious order? Are you going to establish? Is this the time whenever you're going to deliver us and set up your kingdom? And Jesus said to them, verse 7, it is not for you to know. Oh, my goodness, that's not what I want to hear. It's not for you to know. Wait a second. Are you trying to tell me that it's not for me to know when Jesus is going to deliver me, when God's going to do this work that I've asked Him to do, whenever you know, these injustices that I'm facing are, 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 are going to be dealt with? I'm not to know the time. That's what He said. It is not for, for, for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in His own authority. You don't know when. You're not going to know when. But, let me tell you what. You don't know when God is going to deliver you from your worst nightmare. But, you shall receive power. That word is ability. It's a Greek word dunamis that means miracle, working strength, might, force, or ability. You shall receive an ability when the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be martyrs unto me witnesses that's where we get uh, it it's, it's a greek word where we get the word martyr from now what does the word martyr mean most of us think about a martyr as being dead but it's it's well it is but he's not talking about you dying for jesus he's talking about you dying to the world and living for jesus In fact, Galatians, the second chapter, verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things below, because you are dead. And that's what he's talking about. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. He's talking about the fact that we died, we were crucified with Christ, and we are dead to this world. That's why living as though you are dead to the world and alive to Christ, living as though you belong to Him. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be a living witness that has died to this world, to me, everywhere you go. And Jerusalem at home and everywhere you go even in foreign countries what is he saying he's saying that when it looks like the devil is working overtime in your life in your family in your church in your community in your nation among the races, dividing the economic strata and, and the age and the, and, and, and the political divisions. When it looks like the devil is working overtime and it looks like evil people are in control and it looks like that, 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 that you're, you know, uh, you're, you're being done wrong and, 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 and it's injustice, what you need to do is realize it's not people you're fighting against. It is a demon, a devil. The devil is the one that is trying to destroy things on planet earth and what we need to do is to resist him steadfast and not let our minds get us to the place to where we want to get all carnal about it we need to realize that the spiritual weapons that we have when the Holy Ghost has come upon us these spiritual weapons that we have allow us to die to this world and to live to Christ and to be a witness unto him because he's given us this ability to shine in the midst of this darkness I believe with all of my heart that God needs a light to shine in the darkness of this world. And He's chosen you. He's chosen you to be different. He's chosen you to be like Jesus. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. Lord, it's into your hands, Lord, that I commit my life. And, Father, I'm not going to let this world and I'm not going to let other people push me to the point where I get carnal and start delivering blow for blow, Lord. I'm going to continue to be spiritual. I'm going to continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to continue to ask the Holy Spirit to fill me so that I don't react like the world reacts, but rather I pray for my enemies. I do good to those who despitefully use me and persecute me. What would it mean if your prayers actually worked? How long would you be willing to pray if you knew your prayers really worked? How long would you be willing to wait if you knew that God would take care of it? Well, let me tell you, that's what faith believes, that he will take care of it. And he will take care of it in his time, not in our time. Have faith. Resist the temptations to allow the roar to create the narrative that you're going to believe and be afraid of and act like you're a part of the world. Brother, act like Christ. You can do this. You can do this by asking the Holy Spirit to fill you in those moments of despair and difficulty and trouble and trial, temptation. You see, because you think what you think, you feel what you feel, and you want what you want. Because you believe what you believe. Believe that God is going to take care of it at the right time. And you be faithful to his word. Just be faithful. Amen. Amen. Well, that's the two foundation stones. That it's not people, it's the devil. And that nothing happens without God's notice. And nothing happens before God's time. There is a time to be born, there's a time to die. There's a time to laugh, there's a time to cry. Everything is made perfect in God's time. Thanks again for joining us for another powerful message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.